Devils walk away with nothing against Montreal Canadiens. Luke Hughes was battling some sort of bug throughout the course of the day, but Alexander Holtz was fighting for something even bigger. Ice time, but Lindy Ruff isn't having it. Speaking of which, Ruff had a thing or two to say post-game, and they weren't really nice. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elliott scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty, now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey club, a play announcer, Dell's Ryder for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential me a member, Trey Matthews. Another game, another outing in which the New Jersey Devils left a lot of cheese and lettuce on the table. What do I mean by that? Well, we're going to talk about that in the first segment because this was another trap performance by the Devils because this was a very winnable game and they need to rack up as many points as they potentially can because we've already known what has transpired during the course of the year. And unfortunately, these points do start to add up. Now, this post-game recap is going to be a little different compared to the other post-game recaps I usually do. So in the first segment, we'll talk about the game in general, and I will share with uh, some of my main takeaways from the outing. But in the second segment, we're going to talk about a post-game press conference that Lindy Ruff had with the media in which he said something very controversial to one of my colleagues, and I want to come to the defense of my colleague because I feel like that was way out of line for Lindy Ruff to do, and it involves Alexander Holtz and his lack of ice time because Alexander Holtz was one of the heroes in this game, but yet he was still benched, and that's been a big talking point the last few weeks amongst the Devils' discourse because Alexander Holtz has been one of the minor bright spots for the Devils during these past few weeks, but yet he always seems to get the short end of the stick. Now, I will share my thoughts on the matter in the second segment and curse you, Lindy Ruff, because I really wanted to make the thumbnail uh, title uh, Luke Hughes' flu game because uh, Luke was battling some sort of bug. He wasn't able to suit up during morning skate, but yet he still performed really well for the Devils in this outing. But you had to go out and be controversial. And of all the games, Now you pick to give us a spicy soundbite. But anyway, segment two will focus on Alexander Holtz and his lack of playing time. And then in the third and final segment, like I do with every postgame recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's talk about this game in general. So I said moments ago that the Devils left a lot of cheese and lettuce on the table. What do I mean by that? Well, they left a couple points on the board because here's the thing. They have lost the Anaheim Ducks. They have lost one game to the Columbus Blue Jackets. By the way, they have to take on the Blue Jackets on Friday, and then the schedule is not going to get that much easier afterwards before the All-Star break, but we'll talk about that momentarily. The San Jose Sharks and now the Montreal Canadiens. All four of those games were winnable for New Jersey, and I think the main difference from this year's Devils team compared to last year is that the Devils win those types of outings. That's why they went on that 13-game win streak, and that's also why when they were struggling in December last year, they were able to keep their positioning in the Metro for the most part because they had a lot of points under their belt to play with. But 
when we look at those four games for the Devils, that's four to eight potential points that they have left on the table. So when the season comes to an end and the Devils are on the outside looking in when it comes to a playoff positioning, that's going to come back to haunt them. They're going to have nightmares about this because Bill Spaulding was hammering this point home during the broadcast in which he said that had the Devils won this game, they would have been first in the wild card standings. Or if we look at the uh, eight points in general, let's just say the Devils won all four of those games, they'd be second in the Metro right behind the New York Rangers, but instead they're second to last in the Metro. I know the Metro is very tight and it'll just take a few game win streak for the Devils to get out of their sort of funk. The season is not over by any stretch of the imagination, but you can't continue to leave those types of points on the board, especially when you got to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, another winnable game for the Devils, knock on wood, but after which the schedule is not going to get that much easier because they got to take on teams like the Dallas Stars, then the Carolina Hurricanes, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all before the All-Star break. And that's not going to be easy because we don't know when Jack Hughes is going to return. We don't know when Andre Palat's going to return. But there was a player who returned in this game, and he looked rather good, and that was Timo Meyer. But before we talk about Timo Meyer, my personal star player of the game was Luke Hughes. Because, like I said moments ago, he was an absolute trooper for the Devils because he wasn't able to suit up during morning skate, and it was revealed that he was battling some sort of bug. But he muscled through it because the Devils are already shorthanded when it comes to defensemen because, unfortunately, Brendan Smith has gone down with a sprained knee, so he's going to miss some time. Some players are playing out of position because the Devils are spread thin when it comes to defensemen. But Luke Hughes still led all players in ice time with 23 minutes and 40 seconds on the sheet of ice. And he got the turning point goal for the Devils in the third period while the Devils were on a lengthy power play because Nick Suzuki had to serve time for uh, high sticking. It was a double minor. So the Devils had an extended power play and Luke Hughes came to the rescue early in period three to give the momentum back to the Devils. And then you saw Alexander Holtz on that same power play opportunity, tied the game, and this should be a new matchup for the Devils. So Luke Hughes, in my eyes, was the star player for New Jersey just because of the circumstances, what he was going up against, and yet he was still able to prove himself. So while on that power play goal, Luke Hughes let a shot rip from the blue line. I want to see more of that from Luke Hughes because all season long, he's been a huge catalyst on the power play for the Devils. It's one of the reasons why they have one of the top five power play units in the entire NHL, despite missing some key assets, because you have someone like Luke Hughes, who's a brilliant playmaker. But the one issue I had with Luke Hughes is that he has to work on his shooting a little bit more, because I said it in my previous episode when discussing Dougie Hamilton and his importance to the team is because Dougie Hamilton has one of the best slap shots in the entire NHL, and he's able to either score the puck for himself or he's able to uh, uh, just shift the puck in front of the net and someone could corral the rebound. Dougie Hamilton will still walk away with a point. He'll walk away with an assist because he creates a play, and he is a good shot creator for himself and others. Luke Hughes has to work on that a little bit more, and I think that was a good step in the right direction. So Luke Hughes still has a lot of work to do when it comes to basically coming into fruition with his shots, but that's a once again, that's a good step in the right direction. So I want to see more of that from Luke Hughes. Now, Let's talk about Timo Meyer because Timo Meyer made his triumphant return. And quite honestly, 
he looked really good. He looked really fast. He looked very physical. If you guys recall, the first time in which Timo Meyer returned from injury, it took him a while to get back into the swing of things. He was really slow. He was hindering the offensive execution for the Devils. A lot of people were pushing for him to be scratched because they felt as though he wasn't really 100%. And honestly, I can buy into that theory just because uh, the Devils were kind of desperate to get uh, some of their assets back. But I think they were taking their time with Timo in this case. He looked really good. He was skating really well. He created some good looks for himself. And speaking of which, he, Nathan Bastion, Michael McLeod, Nico Heischer, I'm probably uh, forgetting a few others, but at least for the first couple periods of play, they were creating good looks for themselves. They just could not finish. And Sam Montembault was just able to make some crucial saves for the Canadians. So I was impressed with Timo Meyer and his overall outing coming back from injury. So my thoughts on the game is that this was once again, a winnable game for New Jersey. It fell heavily into their favor. If you were to look at the deserved to win meter courtesy of James Nichols of New Jersey hockey. Now it falls into the favor of the devils mightily 81% compared to the Canadians, 19% because the devils were creating decent looks for themselves. They just could not finish or mountain bolt would just make the save. But this game, very winnable for New Jersey, and I'm sure they're going to have nightmares about it once again if they're on the outside looking in come the end of the season when it comes to uh, playoff contention. So very disappointing, and they got to try to win this game against Columbus because you don't know when your next win is going to come uh, the rest of the way leading up to the All-Star break. Now, we're going to talk about Liddy Ruff and his controversial post-game press conference momentarily, but before we continue – let me tell you guys about the Sleeper app. So it's almost the halfway point in the season, Devils fans. I know it's been a long, grueling season, but regardless of where we are at in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. You can also participate in fantasy football, basketball, baseball, college football, all on Sleeper. So all you have to do is pick whether studs like Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given time. So use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, so this game was memorable for all of the wrong reasons, but I believe it's the post-game press conference from Lindy Ruff and the controversial comments he made, which is what got all of Devil's Discourse up in arms on social media. So I'm going to play you the soundbite when friend of the show and a Devil's beat writer for NJ.com, Ryan Ovazinski, asked him about the playing time for Alexander Holtz because it was a legitimate question because Alexander Holtz, alongside with Luke Hughes, were one of the heroes of this game for New Jersey. Unfortunately, despite getting the game-tying goal on the power play and shifting the momentum back into the favor of the Devils, it still wasn't good enough for Lindy Ruff to give him some more time on the ice. So I'm going to play you the soundbite from Lindy Ruff's press conference, and then we're going to talk about it. With Holtz, just two shifts after his, uh, obviously, game-tying goal. What, what went into that? Um, again, uh, you don't watch the game very well. So if you look at the opportunity in the second period where he threw a puck in the middle of the ice to get a point-blank scoring chance, it, in a tight game, in a, in a one-goal game, you, 
it's it's plays like that that we're trying to get back in the game and I drop down to three lines. Um, we happen to get back in the game. He understands like we, we're we're trying to eliminate the pucks that go into the middle of the ice that the puck management part. So when you make a play like that, then it's going to be hard to get back on the ice. We just give him a quality scoring chance off a play where we put it in the middle of the ice, where we don't need to put it in the middle of the ice. Uh, yeah, I like this power play goal, a couple other things I like, but is he going to make the same play again? You don't watch the game very well. Okay, before I talk about Alexander Holtz, let me talk about that comment made by Lindy Ruff. First and foremost, like I do on my show, when I'm critiquing Lindy Ruff, the first thing I always try to tell you guys is that I don't want to act like I know more than the coach, which I don't because there's a reason why he's behind the bench and why I'm in this position. I'm not a coach. So he sees it from a different perspective and I see it from a different perspective. And that was a legitimate question asked by Ryan Novozinski because at the end of the day, we don't really know. We can only speculate as to why Alexander Holtz is not getting the playing time he deserves because he's been a decent scorer for the Devils this season. He has appeared in 42 games. He has 11 goals, 10 assists for a grand total of 21 points, and it could be a little bit higher if he's given more ice time. So that's just the main question that a lot of people have. It's not just Ryan Ovazinski. I've asked that question as well. I have no problem with Alexander Holtz being on the bottom six. Let me just make that perfectly clear. But let me also say that your positioning in terms of lines does not equal time on the ice. Amanda Stein talked about this last season. So where you're positioned at the beginning of the game, it does not dictate ice time, just to make that perfectly clear. But I still think, despite Alexander Holtz playing on the bottom six, he deserves a few extra minutes on the ice. Now, when going back to those comments that Lindy Ruff made, that was below the belt, if you ask me. Because, once again, that's just a question that everyone on the Devil's Discourse has. And his reasoning is somewhat rational. Okay, you, you don't like the fact that it leaves your team in a vulnerable position defensively, especially when you're just trying to uh, tighten it up a little bit because the Devil's defense is not all that great. But you did not need to make that initial comment at the beginning of your statement. Nobody was coming at you. We're just curious because it's your lineup. It's your team. You see it from a different perspective compared to the rest of the media, compared to the fans. Everyone has a different perspective when watching the game. So when you say you don't watch the game really well, I think that's quite insulting and unnecessary. I have been a big defender in Lindy Ruff throughout my time of hosting this show. I have not once ever done an episode saying that Lindy Ruff needs to be fired. I have never said that Lindy Ruff is the sole problem for the Devils. I have been a big supporter of Lindy Ruff the last few years, but I cannot support him in this case. That comment, unnecessary. And I think I speak for a lot of Devils discourse when I say, Ryan, I, I, I hope you're listening to the show. I know you tune into my episodes time and time again, but I just want to say I have your back and I think I speak for a lot of other uh, Devils media members. Now, this isn't the first time that Lindy Ruff and Ryan have butt heads. I remember telling the story on this show during the playoffs in which I was there when Ryan was asking Lindy about why he didn't pull Vitek Vancek from a particular game or why he didn't call a timeout early on. And then that was that. Lindy Ruff was in no mood to speak afterwards. Or remember at the beginning of last year when 
uh, Ryan asked about uh, Jesper Bratt and his playing time. So uh, Ryan, he holds Lindy Ruff accountable, and I respect him for that. So let's just talk about Alexander Holtz this game. So in about eight minutes of ice time, he led the Devils in shots with four. And once again, he got the game-tying goal during the power play. So Lindy Ruff is talking about a pass he made earlier in the game that uh, resulted in the Montreal Canadiens getting a good scoring chance. Okay, so I guess I can understand where you don't want your players making boneheaded moves that can result in your team being very vulnerable. But at the same time, why are you benching someone for making one bad pass? Because quite honestly, I don't think that's a good enough reason for him not to see that significant amount of ice time. Because if that's the case, then a lot of people will deserve to be benched for making one bad play. Because it's not like that bad play came back to bite the devils and they ended up losing the game. Because I feel like that's not really a good enough reason. Because Alexander Holtz is still very good offensively. And I think his numbers could be uh, inflated just a little bit more if he's just given some extra minutes. And it's somewhat frustrating on his end. It's a little unfair. And if you think that that uh, his passing or his defense, whatever the case might be, if you think it's a liability, then why don't you give him some new line mates to work with? Put him next to Nico Heischer because uh, prior to Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer reuniting on the same line, I said that Nico Heischer needs a bona fide score uh, next to him. And maybe Alexander Holtz can also be that answer because Nico Heischer is great two ways. So maybe Nico Heischer can help tighten up Alexander Holtz's game a little bit more. Or let's look at an example last year in which Eric Hollup was put on to the same line as Jack Hughes to take the burden off of Hughes's shoulders from a defensive standpoint. So it, I think there's other answers besides like cutting down Alexander Holtz's ice time in half, because if that's the case, then uh, any mistake that someone makes in terms of passing, then they shouldn't be seeing the light of day. Every player makes mistakes at some point. You want to talk about mistakes. Let's go over these goals that the Devils let up in this game. So let's go back to the first goal of the game that they let up to Uri Slavkowski, because that was just a series of bad of events for the Devils, because uh, they create some good looks for themselves on the other side of the rink. But when the Canadians took it back into their uh, attacking end, Slavkowski was just wide open. And I saw Nico Dawes, he made a mistake. If you look at the replay, he was playing the puck and he tripped up on his own skates. So when he gets back to his post, he probably wasn't 100% ready for that shot attempt. And also defensive laps by uh, the Devils for leaving Slavkowski wide open. Speaking of which, let's talk about uh, one of Slavkowski's co fellow countrymen, and that is Shimon Nemetz on the second goal of the game that was allowed to Josh Waugh because that was Waugh's first career goal. Why did Shimon Nemetz back away from Waugh? Because you basically gave Monaghan a wide-open pass opportunity to Waugh, and Waugh gets his first career NHL goal. Why, I don't understand why Shimon Nemetz backed away from the play, but is Shimon Nemetz going to get punished for that? Or let's look at the game-winning goal that the Canadians had, thanks to Cole Caulfield. Failed box-out attempt out in front of Nico Dawes by John Marino. So first and foremost, Nico Dawes has to control that rebound. But second of all, John Marino, you're a big guy, and you let little Cole Caulfield get right past you because you failed to box him out, and he tips it on in, 
and it's three to two within the final five minutes of the game. So Lindy Ruff wants to talk about mistakes. Honestly, I don't see any mistakes made by Alexander Holtz on those goals let up. And also, let's look at some other examples, shall we? Dougie Hamilton. I defend Dougie Hamilton. I think he's very vital on this team. But even I admitted in the previous episode that he's not perfect. When he was playing, sometimes Dougie Hamilton is lazy defensively. Sometimes the Devils are in odd man rush situations or open breakaway situations because of Dougie Hamilton. The first go-around against the Columbus Blue Jackets around American Thanksgiving time, the reason the Columbus Blue Jackets got their goals of the game was thanks in part to Dougie Hamilton. Or let's look at another star player, and that is Jack Hughes, another game in which I covered. This was around Christmas time against the Philadelphia Flyers at home in which the Devils lost to them in overtime. Jack Hughes had not one, but two costly turnovers, and one of those turnovers came in OT when the Flyers won it. So I'm just saying, like, everyone is prone to make a mistake. And what Ryan Ovazinski said was perfectly justifiable. And you had to basically do a big song and dance routine. And now it's featured on Barstool. Now it's featured on a lot of other outlets. You don't need to do that. That was not necessary. It was a fair question. Because we don't know. We have a different perspective compared to you. So I, I, I'm, I apologize if this comes off as sort of a tangent, but it's just so important because here's the thing. We always wonder why Alexander Holtz thrived in Utica or why he thrives when playing for Team Sweden on a national scale. It's because he's given a much longer leash. And I think he's earned the right to have his leash extended this time around because in the past we couldn't give him the benefit of the doubt because he wasn't really performing up to par. But this season is a little bit different. So how is he going to grow if he doesn't make mistakes? He's not going to play a perfect game. And the examples that I literally just listed, Shimon Demetz still saw a lot of ice time despite making a big blunder on one of the Canadians' goals. So I know that Lindy Ruff is trying to hold his players accountable, but at the same time, I just don't think it makes much sense that Alexander Holtz always gets the short end of the stick. It's like he has to play a perfect game in order to see some ice time. So once again, I just hope that Lindy Ruff just extends that leash just a little bit more. So there's so many pieces to this puzzle. So if his passing is a liability, if his defense is a liability, then why don't you put him with a veteran player that can help him out just a little bit more? So I think Alexander Holtz is versatile to play any line that you put him on. So he can play on the top six, he can play on the bottom six, but you've got to put him into a position to succeed. So one of the reasons why I was okay with him being on the bottom six is just because I think it gives him a chance to really be the scoring option. But if he's barely out there, then he's not really much of a scoring option on the bottom six. And if you really want him to improve his game, then fine, put him on the top six and let's see if he can... uh, uh, have his game refined with the help of Nico Heischer or maybe Eric Holla. Now I get that third line is a very good checking line and that might be somewhat controversial, but at the same time, I just want to see what's best for some of the young guns that the devils have, especially with how stagnant their offense has been the last few games, because it took them a while to get their offensive game going. And Alexander Holtz played a vital role in tonight's matchup or last night's matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. So I'm just trying to look at other outcomes to make sure that Holtz is put into the 
best position to succeed. So that's my reaction to this whole spiel. I think it was a ridiculous comment made by Lindy Ruff because it, uh, we all have different perspectives on how we view the game. You are the head coach, and I always try to make sure that I, I tell my audience that I don't know more than you, but I am entitled to my opinion. And it's not like Novo is coming at you, and you basically have to put him on blast like that. Unnecessary, in my opinion. And I've been one of Lindy Ruff's biggest supporters last few years, but even I can't support him in this case. So I'm going to leave it there, and you guys let me know your thoughts on Alexander Holtz because I think he's a very good player. And I even said during uh, my hot takes episode before the start of the season, I didn't anticipate for him to have a big role with the team, but this is not what I was gearing for. So just to make something perfectly clear, once again, for the sake of clarity, where you're at on the lines does not equal ice time. Okay, we're going to compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about eBay Motors, because I'm sure a lot of you like to tinker with your cars and whatnot. So passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here. So shots on goal differential, 30 to 25 in favor of the Devils. Mountain Ball was just a man on fire in between the pipes, especially in the first two periods. But in period three, the Devils were able to break through, and thank God the Devils have gotten their power play going once again because they were ice cold. At one point, because uh, I think prior to those uh, two power play goals, the Devils were like um, 0 for 13 in their last power play attempts, something like that. So face off percentage, 62.2% to the Devils, 37.8% to the Canadians. Power play percentage, Canadians were 0 for 1, Devils were 2 for 4, thanks to Luke Hughes and Alexander Holtz. Hits 12 to 11 in favor of the Devils. Block shots, 17 to 12 in favor of the, of the Canadians. Giveaways. Five to two, Canadians led that department. Takeaways, Devils led that that department four to three. So I had to give the Devils a letter grade. They did amount a comeback, but they did have that blunder to give the Canadians a lead. This was a trap game. This is the game in which the Devils should have won. So for those circumstances, given the team that they were playing, with all due respect to Habs Nation, I'm going to have to give the, the Devils a D plus because you cannot be losing these types of games. With all due respect to the Canadians and I'm not trying to come at anyone, but I think the Devils should have won this game. I think this is one of the few times in recent memory in which the Devils were favorites to win a matchup, and it took them a while to get their legs underneath them. But just once again, making a mistake, and it goes back to what I said in the first segment, which is you you really need those points because Ducks, Blue Jackets, Sharks, Canadians, four to eight points right there that you've left on the table and all those games were at home, just, just saying. So 
that's where I'm going to leave things for today's episode. So let me know what you guys think. What did you think about the Lindy Ruff post-game press conference? What did you think of this game in general? And how should the Devils operate moving forward? So leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMath4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.